Welcome back to Rod and Rewind. We avenged the movies that critics lobotomized. And then through their lobotomies, they lived out a video game fantasy. So if a film fails to score above 60% on RottenTomatoes.com, we get to talk about it right here on this podcast. I'm Max Rue. And I'm Courtney Peranto. Yeah, you are. We're almost done. We're so done. Almost done with- With, with girl bosses. With Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss, our latest miniseries that really does feel like it has- it, it, it's never ending, but it, it's close. We're so close. We can taste it. Sucker Punch is kind of the death rattle of this whole series. Yeah, I felt yeah. that today yeah. for sure. Yeah. I um, think I'm ready to be done with women. I hate women. No. <laughs> Someone telling Zack Snyder that. You made me hate women. Yeah, we're, we're joined by a returning guest. Very, very talented illustrator and graphic designer. Someone who had to take many photos of me one time in order to draw me falling oh. out of a uh, box of french fries. So thank you, Ella Talkin. Thanks for coming back. Yes, your contact photo in my phone is you like upside down on a bench in a parking lot. As it should be yeah. in everyone's phone. God, that was four years ago now. That's crazy. Thank Haven't you. seen you since, but glad we're that here. That is not. We No, we did see each other at some point. I don't remember when. Do you not Any, think I've seen you since the global pandemic? That's, well, I don't know. You invited me to your birthday party and I felt bad that I couldn't go, but it was a Saturday and Saturday is my bad night because it's like the end of my week. I closed the restaurant down. I'm Oof. there until like 1230. I want to die. It's okay. I'll be having themed birthday parties for the rest of my life. Are you going to do a sucker punch themed birthday party one oh year? Oh my God. Get all the girlies together. We're going to dress up like Sailor Moon and uh, steampunk Nazis. I will be the Oscar Isaac of your birthday party, please. <laughs> I'm going to be Vanessa Hudgens. But that's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. As you can tell, we're, we're talking about a little movie called Sucker Punch, a movie that came out 12 years it, ago. It, 12 feels, years. It, it feels mm. like it's so old and too new. It, like, it's so right. Some would say it's timeless. I, this is the first podcast appearance of Zack Snyder, I realized. His first few movies, I, I like his Dawn of the Dead remake. I actually think it was one okay, of the better okay. remakes of that era that came out. That's his first movie. I don't like 300. It's barely fresh, but I truly have no desire to revisit it, even though yeah. I love Gerard. No, what about Batman v Superman, though? It was so much fun. Do you remember uh, when they almost killed each other, but then both of their mothers were named Martha, and then the whole movie ended? Yeah, that was good. I don't remember a lot about Batman v Superman, except for that and Jesse Eisenberg's performance. Is he Lex Luthor? Her name is Martha. He's having a good time collecting the paycheck. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Seems like a really nice guy. Really? Yeah, it seems like an extremely nice. I think him and Eli Roth probably are the most fit directors, I would say. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a director that is in better shape than Zack Snyder. Is there just like a director director. that's like a cyclist or something? You know what I mean? Like a different kind of fit, like not a swole fit. I actually have no idea what he looks like. He's fit. If you Google hottest directors. I haven't heard this. I haven't heard of him being hot. I don't. Okay, Taika Waititi, no, oh, yeah. I wouldn't say fit. He's handsome, so annoying, he has the most handsome but face. handsome. Kerry Fukunaga, bad boy, not fit. Shane Carruth, also bad boy, not fit. Spike oh, what did he Jones. do? Jones. Shane Carruth, uh, Amy Simon's accused him of some oh, stuff, Oh, fuck me. Uh, Barry Jenkins, handsome, not fit. Paul Thomas Anderson does jog a lot, but not fit. He's kind of turned into a silver fox in his own way. Yeah, I kind, of, I kind of see that one, yeah. Technically, Channing Tatum is a director now. Yeah, but come on. Okay, Let's, we're talking about like established. Come on. Catherine Bigelow's in good shape. I was going to say Catherine Bigelow. Like she seems like she might like box in her garage or something. I think Catherine Bigelow, yeah. She would beat the shit out of you probably. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how we define whether people are in shape or not? If like they how can much they could hurt you. It. I don't know, but Zack Snyder, 
is known to be probably the most uh, physically fit director. Truly got left out of this conversation my whole life. <laughs> now I know I've Googled, I've, I've inspected and yeah, yeah. He looks like he could, he can beat all of us up. I'm yeah. sorry that no one has talked to you about this before. Yeah. I mean, I hear a lot about him, but that never brought up, but yeah, now I know. Yeah. But yeah, shit, this was a Zack Snyder movie. He yeah. has his like gray tone. Yeah, Dude. right away. He has a style. He has a visual he style. He went to Art Center like Michael Bay. They both went to the same school. Went to Guitar Center. <laughs> He's a big fan of Guitar Center. There were some um, Michael Bay moments in this. Like it reminded me of the Transformers ride at Universal Studios. which makes a you Transformers feel like, ride at Universal Studios? Yes, it's horrible. It's like you're in a blender <laughs> with Michael Bay and then all the Transformers. And it's just in like. In a blender? <laughs> yeah, it just you oh, feel like no. you're getting like. So you're kind of selling up. it to me. I don't know. Accident. Like, are the the really racist ones from the sequel in there? Uh, the no. ones that are named no. Muds and Skid Marks? That I can't, can't even read. remember. I just remember feeling like I was like being churned up and I just kind of wanted it to be over after like going on Jurassic Park, which is like so peaceful and whimsical. It was like being in Michael Bay's brain. I want the ambulance ride. That would be fun. An ambulance ride would be fun. Yeah. I didn't realize that Foxfire was shot here in my hometown. I was going to ask you. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. This is like before we get to Zach. Yeah. I, yeah, I have, I have some kind things to say about it. Yeah. Is this a big movie? And clearly not because you didn't know, but no, I feel like we're big into liking that Van Sant shot here, Mm -hmm. but no, I didn't know that Foxfire was shot here. Cause I was wondering, I was like, wow, is this Courtney as a teenager? Is this what she is up to? I mean, you were just like legs. That's what I was they just called like, you. Just a charismatic 17 year old drifter. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met my friend Legs? She's a bad girl. You don't want to cross her. Yeah, you, Ellie, you chose this episode because of Foxfire, not because of Sucker Punch. Yeah, well, I, I had never seen it. I'd never seen either of them. Oh, okay. I thought you were like maybe a big Foxfire fan because I know no, it has a I've never fan. seen it, but Jenny Lewis is one of my favorite singers of all time and she's oh, cool. in this. Yeah. So she I thought is. that would be funny to see. And then our mutual friend Brooks spoke so highly of this film. And I, after watching it, can imagine Can't her liking it. it a lot as a teenager. This seems like it's like cult, like queer canon for a lot of girls that, that grew up in the 90s. Are you Madeline Wirt? Yeah. You were wanted in the principal's office. What are you, some kind of freak? What is the matter with you? I want me to stay home with her. She's 17. She's old enough to take care of herself. You don't count, Violet. You do it with everyone. Well, at least I know what I'm doing. She didn't have any friends. What is it, Rita? I can't do it. She's crazy. Everyone knows that. If he puts his hands on her, you should tell yourself he's putting his hands all over you. This is outrageous! I'm a teacher! I've never done anything like that in my whole life. I mean, Rita Valdez isn't even my friend. Well, she is now. I think we should all go somewhere together. What are you doing? Some sort of gang here? Girls who run with foxes, that sort of thing? Live dangerously. You think you girls are getting a little too big for yourselves? You need a teacher. You girls fell in with a bad element. You don't understand. She was just trying to protect me. So are we together? I did not know this was based on a Joyce Carol Oates book. Me neither. And I was like, Joyce Carol Oates is a bigger freak than I feel like she's given credit for. I did not know we were going to get two Joyce Carol Oates movies in this series. Oh, Here did you are. do the Marilyn movie? We started oh, off we with sure Blonde. Did. I couldn't watch it. I like actually tried, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was going on with me, but I was affected by it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is based oh, I on liked a, this, yeah. a, a, a book called Foxfire Confessions of a Girl Gang. It was released in the early 90s. The book, though, takes place 
and this makes sense. Okay. In 1950s New York. Oh. And they transported it to Pacific Northwest in the 90s, kept all the names, which makes a lot of sense. Legs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes more sense to me now. <laughs> Just but I do think that 1950s girl gang. <laughs> legs. I do think that like putting it up here kind of made sense for the movie, especially because like I, I could clock two ex-twin peaksers on here. Which ones? Audrey Horn's dad and someone's abusive husband. Peggy Lipton's abusive husband. Oh, who's he? Uh, Peggy Lee's abusive husband is the um, the dad at the end of the kidnap. Spoilers. And Audrey oh. Horn's dad oh. is the like the principal when they're telling on the first teacher. Oh, I don't know. I like that they replaced it here. Also, it made me think about how fear is also in Seattle. Like, I do yeah. think that. And I guess like, yeah, the like grunge bullshit and Gus Van Sant and stuff sense. like that. Yeah. But like, because like there's that scene, like once the characters are introduced to one another and you sort of like get the overall plot of the movie, which is like these group of women are going to like avenge like women that have been like sexually assaulted by adult men in their lives with the two predominant characters on the Hawthorne Bridge. I was like, this is actually really pretty and it makes the city look a lot more cinematic than something that I liked like Pig did. Pig, it just seemed like it was like trying right. to be like, cool, here's an underground, here's the Northwest, but it didn't really like have any conversations with the bridges which i think like probably is the coolest part of my city but i don't know i was into it yeah angelina jolie had done hackers before this she had the haircut still she did well, it's grown out a little bit into a little bit more of like a dicaprio cut yes it yeah. was fairly dicaprian yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah this this is a, a year after angelina jolie i guess originally auditioned to play the part of goldie which went to Jenny Shimizu, who was a Calvin Klein model at the time. And they ended up dating for her. They did. Yeah, she said that if she didn't marry Johnny Lee Miller, she probably would have uh, married her. What an alternate timeline. I know. I know. But yeah, it's five girls who come together. They're united by the abuse that they mostly experienced through a, a, a science teacher who's also the football coach. Yeah. Yes. Mr. Buttinger. And Mr. Buttinger really does teach science like he's coaching he is an asshole mr buttinger is is basically introduced having them dissect live frogs yeah i was the gonna say frogs, isn't your I've, frog dead I, I think they have to be dead <laughs> and they definitely can't get like attention if you're like hey i don't want to kill this frog <laughs> like i don't think yeah, you can get know. attention for that do they still do that it seems like I, I even though know. it's something that we all did it kind of I never it does did seem that. even antiquated. I oh, I did. I it does did seem that. antiquated to make kids do that now. I still remember the smell. It was disgusting. I would imagine that there would be more pushback now. Yeah. yeah. It was a powerful visual it. metaphor, though. So I think <laughs> yeah. it did do its part. But the live frogs was kind of, wow. Okay, They're having to, yeah, kill and then dissect live frogs. That's high school. Yeah, and, and the teacher is basically yelling at them the entire time. At, mostly at Jenny Lewis's character, yeah. uh, Rita who's like kind of like a quiet, like shy, nerdier type. And the main girl is Maddie. She's a photographer. She likes to rollerblade. I like that opening a lot. I loved it. I, I love like, that I opening when her boyfriend like, is like that in high school. Yeah, <laughs> when her boyfriend's like kind of pull, pulling her on the hall. Like that opening has like really good like teen movie opening vibes because it kind of like baits you in and then it becomes a different movie. I really, I was really into that opening. Yeah, I get yeah, a lot of like heterosexual energy up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the audience very, comfortable. Yeah, she's taking like nude Polaroids of him out in the woods. Yeah. Played by Peter Feccinelli. 
Yeah. I have you know, never seen that. him in something that's not Twilight, I realized. You oh, can't he... hardly wait? Fuck, okay, yeah, I guess. All right, I've seen that. <laughs> you ever watched but, the yeah. show Faster with Bill Bellamy? Come on, give me a no. fucking break. Okay, well, I watched Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 last week when I was okay. in okay. Oregon. So okay. it's fresh on my mind when his he gets deca- uh, decapitated um, in that oh, film. Wow. Uh, it's only a dream sequence, though. Thank you guys God. haven't seen the last Twilight film? I can't... I've never seen a Twilight mm-hmm. film. Oh, okay, I, let's do a special episode where we watch a Twilight film. We've, we've wanted to. We've, we've wanted, wanted to. Yes. We know invite we have me, to do me. that. Yeah, um, you should just jump into like one in the middle. <laughs> Peter Facinelli is, this has to be one of his first, first parts. He's like a very nice, just understanding boyfriend. He's definitely completely forgotten about at a certain point. Like I was like, wait, what happened to her boyfriend? The film he, discards him. Yeah, he's like, are we hanging yeah. out tonight? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you never see him again. They're dating. There's also when they're first introduced going into the school, there's like a metal detector pre-Columbine joke. Oh, yeah. In there where he's like, I got an AK-47 in my locker or something. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, she's rollerblading around taking Polaroids. It couldn't be more uh, of a 90s uh, team. Yeah, it's pretty sick in overalls. In overalls, you, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots of flannels, lots of overalls. Oh, and the music rips. Yeah, I was going to look up the soundtrack. It's like Lesson Jackson. And, it's yeah. a Mazzy Star. Yeah, yeah, there was some good Mazzy Star. Mazzy Star plays during a very pivotal scene. But yeah, basically, they all kind of come together. They are brought together by Angelina Jolie, who, as we said, plays a drifter named Legs. A name that everyone becomes very quickly okay with. They just go. Yeah, I was like, they're saying Lex, right? They're saying Lex. No, no, that's a hard G. No, 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 no. That's that's Legs. Uh, When when (laughs) the main girl Maddie is, or when Angelina Jolie is climbing the bridge and her friend, the girl is just like, it's not worth it, Legs. (laughs) (laughs) It makes more sense in the 1950s in upstate New York for sure. But Yes, Legs is definitely the leader of a girl gang in 1950s New York. I like it. Yeah, apparently in the original novel, it was about working class girls from the wrong side of the tracks whose families suffer from domestic problems such as child abuse and alcoholism. So then they they beat up the coach. Some rumors spread. They get called into the principal's office. That scene is so funny to me because Audrey Horn's dad is like, what are you guys doing? Are you just a bunch of fox late like he's like trying to name the girls you were like a girl gang that runs with foxes maybe you can call yourselves fox fox <laughs> were you some <laughs> kind <laughs> of girl bosses <laughs> yeah, that made me so happy he's like getting them in trouble but kind of pitching them on like ideas that they should name their gang <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yeah he knows it's all about branding listen so this is definitely a sleigh but you're suspended from there they have a little girl gang uh kathy moriarty has a cameo as as maddie's mom oh yeah she's such a mom of that era lives in a nice house cool room big windows like nice view also i mean it's not ever actually interrogated but like i do think that our lead also has like the most like privilege and like she has like the best home setting right whereas like the the jenny shumeji character is like clearly like an adopted daughter and her parents suck and yeah, she's and then, a heroin addict. Yeah, so it's like everyone else doesn't really have like a support system. And Angelina is like, yeah, sort of, we don't really know her past, but we assume it's something pretty dark. Well, she, she somehow she's in the nickname like, Legs. Yeah. We don't know where that came but from. Because she runs, she, she, because she goes from place to place. Right? I love the way she entered the movie. Oh, that was she sick. just like, I just love the idea of this 17 year old charismatic drifter who just kind of like, it, you know, it made me think of Twilight. So I'm sad that you guys haven't seen it, but. 
going from town to town and just kind of like infiltrating the local high schools like the vampires <laughs> teens do but she just kind of like came in in like this colony vibe to me and just kind of shook things up and then she's like i don't even go here and climbed out the window and just like yeah these tiny points of suggestion and like reframing of perspective for these girls makes them start acting totally differently just from like she barely kind of like says anything and they're totally inspired yeah. by her she's very powerful she's an influence yeah i mean she is giving like a male heart throughout performance here and she's really good at it it's like a james dean part mm-hmm. essentially and i guess even when when the director um annette haywood carter was casting for the movie she auditioned angelina jolie for yeah like we said the part of goldie so she was auditioning for the part of goldie and okay then she goldie's was like, nickname right Super didn't make sense to me. I was like, are they making fun of her because she's not white? Like, I was like, I do not get why this It was like how made. Vanessa Hudgens was called Blondie in Sucker Punch, you know? <laughs> yeah, it just... Each gang gets one Asian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she... Yeah, so I guess she auditioned for that part, and they were like, this isn't right. So she had her audition for Legs, and I guess she blew her away. She said that it was, like, literally, like, in the audition, she said it was, like, discovering a movie star, and, like, you just could feel the presence and, and energy from her. The lead, not so much, I guess. They did not want to hire that actress, Hetty Barres. She's, like... Kind of like a good every woman, you know? Yeah. They were basically like, she's not hot enough. We need her to be hotter. And so I guess uh, the director did a screen test with the DP, Newton Thomas Siegel, who's like an amazing DP. It was one of his first movies. He shot like Three Kings and Drive. Basically, the director was like, we need to make her look really traditionally hot. In the movie, she's not going to look like this. But I for this, like, I need you to basically. Oh, like, just like tartar up. Yeah, like just so we can get her cast in the movie. And it worked. The studio uh-huh. said, well, like, yeah, threw on the overalls <laughs> and we're like, okay. But she's cute. Like, she is, I like she her. Cute. She just and looked like a dollar need, up for me. I do think you need some sort of like disparity between Angelina and the lead. Like, you know, the lead is like the cutest girl in high school or one of the cutest girls in high school. Mm-hmm. But Angelina Jolie is like, like, she's just like stunning. Like, she, yeah, she was never well, not yeah. going to be a movie star. If, if anything... I mean, we didn't really love Girl Interrupted, but it's kind of like the same dynamic where like Angelina is sort of like the bad girl that lets everyone like feel a little bit more, but then the movie feels like she like takes it too far. Kind of everyone in Girl Interrupted is, is hot. <laughs> like so hot. Yeah, I mean, like everyone's very pretty in this or, or, you know, cute, but I think it's also, you can tell it's directed by a woman because yeah. of the fact that like the characters look realistic to how they would look. It's like, it is nice. Yeah. But yeah. it's funny like seeing them kind of like frump up Jenny Lewis. Cause like she's right. such a star. I was she's like, do so you know cute. who's here? Like, do you know what this woman will become? Did and she's she, really good. Was she a musician at this point? Like, obviously she was a musician, she's, but like, was she was successful she's... at this point? She no, sings no. Great song in the, Rilo Kylie didn't start till right. she was in like her okay. early 20s. So okay. she's probably almost there. Yeah, because she, I think she was like 18 or 19 when they shot this. I was going to say the other thing is these girls actually look very young. They do. They like do. Like even Angelina, young. who I looked up and she's 20, is a very believable yes. teenager. Yeah, she yeah. looks super young. It made sense when I saw that that one girl was a Calvin Klein model. I was like, oh. Yeah. I remembered that she was a judge on America's Next Top Model. She was like a guest judge, you know, where okay. they would just have like random, like You're successful like, you models. Used to fuck Angelina Jolie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I they mean, told her. Yeah. I don't think Tyra brought you that used up. To fuck Angelina but... Jolie. Do you want to be on TV? <laughs> <laughs> she was the yeah, oldest one at this point. You can tell. She was 28. Yeah. She yeah, just, she, she, she stood out from the others. She's definitely like very, yeah, kind of grown into her face in a way that they all had like Angelina Jolie has her like cute little cheeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Angelina Jolie said, when she was talking about Jenny, uh, she, music, she said, I fell in love with her the first second I saw her. I realized that I was looking at her in a way that I had looked at men. 
and it was great and it was a discovery it had never crossed my mind that i was going to one day experiment with or kiss a woman uh it was never something i was looking for it just happened i just happened to fall for a girl i probably would have married jenny if i hadn't married johnny lee miller damn that must have been um, crazy though they're like shooting this like sexy queer movie and like falling in love i guess apparently the movie was more explicitly queer in the original cut the studio made them cut it down there was a kiss between angelina jolie and the main actress and then the studio was like you have to cut it out get it out of there and then i guess but a year later the... they were like we should have kept it because that was like when the ellen thing started and they were like it's good uh, to be gay now we blew it <laughs> gotta wait till calling pensions to get a really good yeah girl on girl but like the tattoo scene is like in any like tv show or movie today that scene would be like max two minutes long that's it's a like, long scene it's kind of awesome. Everybody it is just starts so... pulling their titties out. Everyone starts pulling their <laughs> Which titties out. Which is really out. funny. Like yeah, but it, what I liked was it didn't feel like like it, yeah, it wasn't like, like a sexualized scene. It was no. like, no, you literally need to take your shirt off to put a tattoo on your boob, obviously. Yeah, so. and also sometimes you are hanging out with your titties out. Like it yeah. happens all the time. Women be hanging out with their titties out. If you're at a sauna, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, very I can imagine vibes. like all of my friends' titties. So I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> I would probably have gone for a different position of tattoo if I was, you know, that's they're going to regret that. But I will yeah. say, like, what a great way to get everyone's titty out in a way that doesn't feel gross. Like, I love that scene. And I just could The director, what if we it, could get everyone's titties out, but it wasn't weird. It would, like, fade in and you'd be like, okay, that scene's done. And you'd be like, no, it would, like, fade back no, in. No, we moved like, on so to a new titty. <laughs> just a new tits. <laughs> it was, like, cross-fading between okay, tits. Did they, all, uh, did they all get the same tattoo? And also, Angelina Jolie, like, was really good at her character could really tattoo herself. She like did stick and poke on herself. And very upside quickly. down. On your upside down. Yeah, everybody gets a, a flame because they're the Foxfire girls. That they let the shitty principal leave. Uh, yeah. I loved the house that they hung out in. Like yeah. the shot where you first oh, see yeah. it and all the vines are kind of working their way through and it's like, that place yeah, is going to catch on fire. Yeah. They're going to I thought that was coming in the movie, though, because it was like so set up. That, I was like, like yeah, there's was, a forest fire coming. There's so fire. many candles. But yeah, it was like this like cool liminal space where they could go like be outside of society when they're suspended. And then it gets ruined when those like horrible jocks show up. I think that the scene where that horrible redheaded woman baits the lead mm -hmm. into taking a walk with her and then those men shove her into a car is actually so scary. <laughs> yeah, it was hor It was really horrible because, you know, the movie does feel kind of real. So yeah, it wasn't it does. like Sucker Punch where the like horrible things that are happening oh so stylized and like over the top. It was like, or oh, even shit, this is this rushed, horrible, like scary thing that right. get really bad. I don't love, but I don't, I guess I have respect for the movie Hard Candy, but it's like this just felt a lot more, I don't know, just like, organic and lived in maybe hard candy's better than i'm giving it credit for i feel like i rewatched it during quarantine for some reason i don't, I don't know think why. i've ever seen it it's elliot page as a oh yeah i know what it is okay yeah. it's yeah. like promising young promising young young woman woman yeah but i like, think i read what it was about and i was like <sighs> it's not like cute though it's not like girl it's not bossy. cute it's yeah. just like i'm gonna cut your dick off <laughs> which or, i guess like does kind of rock yeah. oh, she's basically like I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut your dick off or you can kill yourself <laughs> <laughs> Those are your options. And then, like, Angelina's, like, arc, I think, is, like, rushing towards the end. Like, they don't really know what to do with legs. <laughs> so, so they're just like, oh, let's have her go this off The stories the run out of legs. This movie yeah. has a legs problem. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't know if, like, I love how it shored everything up really good. The plot really needs to get rid of her, too. But it also knows that she's the most enigmatic person 
in the plot. So it, I think, it, like, it's, yeah, the way they just had her go to juvie for like a kind of unknown amount of time. And then mm-hmm. yeah, the, the girl's like, I popular lied. girl said she lied. And yeah, I thought that whole montage worked well because you felt time was passing and I felt sad, you know, I was like, oh God, like the girls have been separated. Like, yeah, they lost their legs. They lost their legs. Apparently in the book, and I guess it was like in the original script, the screenwriter took her name off the movie because she didn't like the finished product. But I guess in the script, I was wondering, there's like a prison fight with legs. What? Yeah. And I guess the director was like, that's weird. And I think she's right. Yeah. It'd be like, if it was the 50s girl gang. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's yeah, do a just a little knife fight, little, little, little snaps and knife fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. West Side Story is. Hear me out. The main girl kind of looks like when Joseph Gordon-Levitt was on Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, I, I'll sign up on that. Like, I'm not. You don't <laughs> yeah, they could like play siblings out. for it's sure. Kind of giving young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's kind of giving. <laughs> giving All nineties teens have a certain look about them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna sign off on that. <laughs> I'm interested, like, when we're, after we talk about Sucker Punch, to talk about the two movies together. Because there are, I, like, some similar themes that are very interesting to see how I'm they glad they worked. It. Yeah, I hadn't seen either one of them. So I'm glad they, you know, their own fucking weird way paired. They paired Sucker. and it, like, made me so appreciative. The of female gaze movie. versus the male gaze. Yeah, or just, like, something from the 90s compared to, like, the garishness of, like, the 2010. Like, it yeah. really it was, like, night and day. Like, even though this movie is, like, kind of shaggy in places. Like, right. I, I ultimately, like, I was more into it than I was, like, Hackers. Like, I felt more invested and, like, I don't know. And I love Hackers. I can't say the same, but... But it's, like, movie... the empathy that they built for the characters in Foxfire versus Sucker Punch, you know? It's, like... For sure. Dude, yeah. I don't yeah. even know. Like, the characterization... and no like. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know if you can empathize with like a video game in that regard, <laughs> but I read an interview with the director, Annette Haywood Carter, uh, for Screenslate, because I guess they screened Foxfire recently in New York at the Nighthawk Theater. They did like a retrospective. Uh, and it was the first time I guess it had been screened since 1996 because the movie was dumped at the end of the summer. It was supposed to be like a spring break movie. They released mm-hmm. it as like an indie art house movie, even though it was supposed to be like targeted to teens. Nobody saw it. It played for a week kind of disappeared i do remember like seeing this movie in video stores or like on cable as a kid i feel like i remember it being there i never watched it but but yeah there's an interview with her where she she talks a lot about the the making of the movie she didn't really get to do enough afterwards no she didn't make another movie until i think 2013 that's crazy to me because like at the very least she saw sucker punch in 2011 and was like i gotta get back in the game it's not going well inspired yeah to me it's like at the very least you're like well this is a really promising young director yeah i mean obviously she fell victim to what many especially in the 90s female directors had happened to her she wanted to be a cinematographer and then in the 80s you just it was so impossible as a woman to become a cinematographer at that time that then she just became a script supervisor which led her to directing but yeah she at least directing like an episode of yellow jackets or something you know like that's oh that's what i was gonna say so it's funny so someone had mentioned like yellow jackets in this interview with her yeah um where they were like oh it's similar it's like these girls in the 90s living in this cabin in the woods have you watched the new season of yellow jackets no, I'm waiting for my boyfriend to catch up with the with the first season, and then I think we'll watch. Have you Have you watched it, Ella? I've only watched the first episode of season one, and I really liked it, so I'm like gonna watch it now. But I am very behind. I I, I love the first season a lot. I I don't think the season is good. It's kinda, I think that there's it's something got the show to Showtime. Curse. Even the first season, I found to be like it's a little too, and I liked it. 
But I think that Yellow Jackets is one of those things that's just like a little too like two parts Buffy, one part lost. You know what I mean? Like there was something just like a little too it's it's a carefully little... choreographed about it. And I think that like it sharpens its focus even more because it was able to get such big stars for the first season where it's like the shows that I think that like, I don't know, I really love besides maybe Barry, you kind of don't know anyone that well when you walk in like Mad Men or something. Yeah, the first season of Yellow Jackets is good. It the season, so they weirdly they do this thing where they add new characters, but like in the flashbacks, like in the woods. Oh well, why wouldn't they be there? That's what I mean. And I was like, look, I understand that you maybe like ran out of characters to kill or something like that, but it's like weird because <laughs> like through the first few episodes, I was like, I don't remember any of these fucking people. Like this is so weird. There's like two new black girls, and I was like, I feel like I don't. I didn't see them in the first season. It's just kind of goofy. It gets more supernatural, yeah. which I don't like. Yeah. It's just goofy as fuck. I was like, I'd rather just watch something about these girls trying to survive in the woods. Like, that's good in itself. You don't really need much else. And like how it affects them all these years later. But then they're like, they're having visions. Yeah. No one's been able to do it since Buffy, the supernatural. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Courtney, I got a Buffy tarot deck. It's oh, that's so beautiful. Uh, you got to oh, read wow. mine sometime. Yeah. They're such pretty <laughs> cards. It's judgment and it's Anya. Yeah. That'd be right. It's like every card is like a delight to me, but that's for another time. Okay. So apparently Annette Haywood Carter followed up this movie thir- in 2013. She made a movie called Savannah. Her follow-up movie is the other 2013 movie where she would tell Isia Four plays a slave. It's called Savannah. Oh, yeah. It's a drama about the friendship between an Oxford educated Southerner and a former black slave in turn of the century. Savannah. She really pivoted. And yeah. then she made a movie this year, 10 years later, called Daughter of the Bride with Marsha Gay Harden. Audrey's my mom. How? In the car, she was drunk. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Do you have a dad? <clears throat> yeah, somewhere I do. Maddie, I'm thinking about moving on in a couple of days. To where? To wherever. Somewhere. There's not a lot of reviews that you can read for this movie. A lot of the links are dead, but it does have a 33%. That's um, an insult. It is not score. 12% better than Sucker Punch. It is. I guess you we know. get to do it, so. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's see. You know, apparently there was like a really negative variety review at the time from this guy, Manuel Levy, that apparently was so harsh that someone contacted the director to be like, hey, did you date this guy at some point? Because For real? this seems like a really personal, like... Takedown? Mean review. He's like, yeah. as someone who does rape people, this is... <laughs> this is not how it goes down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basically, he said, Joyce Carl Oates and her fans will be disappointed by this trivial and muddled screen version of her popular novel about female bonding and empowerment. He basically just kind of takes down the whole cast as like, no one's that good except for Angelina Jolie. That, um, And then Sarah Fonseca of Autostraddle said, the intermittently spursed electric guitar solos make the movie a little less Revolution Girl style now and a lot more ABC after school special. I the did guitars. notice the guitar. There was some like, sure, but I like that. It worked. It worked. I thought it... No, it's a part of its charm. I'm on board with that. Also, we didn't talk about the two bullies, or the main bully played by Dash Mihawk. Oh, dude, it was so nice to see him. Yeah, Dash Mihawk, man, with a horrible haircut. That was rough. He looks so much uglier than he... Yeah. That's a flogged haircut. He looked like an evil thumb. Yeah, bad haircut. And then Eldon Henson, 
as uh, the like nice football player who kind of likes Jenny Lewis. Oh yeah, that was a cute yeah. little scene. Of- little Eldon Henson. But yeah, there was a positive retrospective that was written last year by a writer named Zofia Wojowska at In Their Own League. Said Foxfire, based on the book by Joyce Carol Oates, one of the best universal coming-of-age stories for young women and women in general. The story of a true female bond will show you that together we can move mountains. Go off. Yeah, I just was like, this is a story of like, even though some of them, they come from like disparate backgrounds, besides maybe legs, unfortunately, that that is going to just be like the like sacred lamb or whatever. Like, I think that like all these other women probably like had this is so corny, but like a good career. You know what I mean? Like in whatever it was, it just seems like they were like trapped in high school. And yeah, I really liked it. Who's your MVP? I mean, come on. Jenny Lewis, obviously. No, <laughs> she. I really do like her song. About oh, I think Jenny Lewis pussy. is good in it. I, Jenny you know, Lewis I is good in it. She's she was like, my second, but it's Angelina. It's yeah, so fucking cool. She's just so fucking cool. Was she yeah, on MVP I mean, for Hackers or was Matthew Lillard? I think. I, I think it was Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yeah. And she'll get it again. Like she has. Yeah, Matthew Lillard's usually the MVP of whatever he's in. He so can't not hard be. To, is imagine. he the MVP of Wing Commander? Probably. No, I was going to say the George the Descendants. <laughs> oh, as the the reveal of the guy who's fucking his wife. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Whoever cast him in that part is the MVP. is the MVP. Yeah, yeah you're, right, you're um, right. Is he the MVP of Scooby Doo? I don't know. It's been a while. Probably. Yeah. The um, movie's perfect. Honestly, rewatched yeah, it recently. Is your MVP Angelina Ella? No, I think I think my MVP is Jenny Lewis. I feel like she had she's, this quiet presence throughout the yeah. film. She's very she good, was the yeah. one that like is the first character who, you know, we see her be pushed around immediately. Yeah, yeah. And we see True. that she's like this person who has no confidence. And that's why abusers target her because they think that mm-hmm. she's like the one they can most likely get away with it with. And sure. then it just takes this like little bit of confidence from Angelina Jolie from Lex. You see and her too. Yeah, her character like slowly kind of grow and get stronger throughout the movie. And it was this like her and Maddie were like very good audience surrogates to follow, I think. Like, yeah, I feel like you'd either relate to one of those characters. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. A teenage girl watching it. And yeah, no, that's true. She's definitely yeah. The, the most I think out of the other, yeah, the I think it's yeah. just that Angelina has that presence that you need for this movie. Like she just radiates something so confident and 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 otherworldly in a way that yeah, I just you kind of need her for that part, you know. Yeah, she she wasn't like making any big speeches or anything. She was just kind of mm-hmm. like, no, this is fucked up. And they're like, wait, it right. is fucked up. And she, like, they're like, we right. don't even know her. <laughs> and like, well, you know her for life now. Yeah, it's like. She didn't have to. I like that. Yeah, you're right. She didn't have to like grandstand in a way that would be cringy. Yeah, yeah. I like that. We got to listen to Legs. Legs knows what she's talking about. Final rating? Future cult classic. Yeah, I feel like this movie's just got like a cult. It already has like a growing cult following. and For sure. For sure. I agree. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. And a lot of people I've mentioned it to this week hadn't heard of it either. So... This should right. play in Portland every now and again. It's pretty fun. I'm surprised it hasn't. The Hawthorne Bridge is like in the movie like two times. There was an article about it in, in the uh, Willamette Weekly. I saw that. I looked at yeah. it because after this, I started tapping around it. Yes, you were tapping. I was just tapping. I was tapping online. Yep. On the Willamette Weekly. Willamette Weekly. Sorry. Willamette runs it Willamette. Down. Willamette. Get that right. Okay. Sucker punch. You are safe. It's all safe. What you're imagining right now, that place can be as real as any pain. Don't be afraid. You have all the weapons you need. Your fight for survival 
starts right now. I'm gonna escape from here. There's armed guards everywhere. If Blue finds out, we're dead. We're already dead. You know, man, I was really rooting for this movie. I was like, you know, this is a movie that I missed at the time. Mm -hmm. And it seems maximalist and big. Mm -hmm. And so I I was like, ah, who knows? Like maybe, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. With a little hindsight, I will appreciate it. And I, I walked away from it being like, I think that the 2010s were just the ugliest time. I'd rather be living in this monotone Netflix culture than a sucker punch. Sucker punch is the kind of movie that you only get to make after you have made a studio lots of money. On what? on 300 so he made that studio a lot of money and then he did Watchmen, which was like kind of a disappointment but still yeah i remember people were kind of bummed a following i don't think you get to make this movie unless you've done something right at some point because like you liked the skirts in 300 you'll like the skirts in this movie (laughs) well because it does feel like so horny (laughs) it does feel like a passion project but like it also is really <laughs> this shallow. Is your passion. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Passionate about what, what <laughs> yeah, it does. But it's like, right? Like, did did he write the script? Right? Like, did he co-wrote the script? Yeah. Right? He, so I don't from his imagination, his yes. heart. He pitched this movie around the time of Three Hundred to Warner Brothers. He said, "I want to make Alice in Wonderland with machine guns," and they said, "Sick." It's a mess. <laughs> also, I think it was like one of the first fucking movies that like started to do like creepy covers of like. Sweet, you know what I mean. It's just like oh my you say, god, that was the first the thing that tipped me off I to what not. I was getting myself into. Me too, me too. I was like, the, well, no. The first thing that made me sound the alarm that, that it wasn't going to be good is when you texted me, "Have you seen Sucker Punch yet?" And I said, "No, not yet." And you said, "It's a movie." It's a movie. It's a well, whole like, lot of movies. Like, I, I went in like you, Courtney. I was like, yeah, I missed it at the time. Yeah. Like if I'm entertained, like I enjoy movies. Like I like a lot of bad movies because yeah. they're fun to watch. And Johnny, our mutual friend was like, oh my God, you'll love soccer. What? He's like, it's so it's so stupid. It's so fun. You're gonna think it's it so, is so fun. It's so stupid. I can't say I had fun. I went into it having a little bit of a headache and it definitely made it worse. The way it looks is so ugly. It makes the <laughs> city look, you frame every frame. They, they had a little too much confidence in visual effects around this time in movies. They really, I think, thought that they were gonna do a lot of the heavy lifting for them and they weren't. But to begin with Sucker Punch, it basically has like a, a music video intro. I mean, the whole movie's a music video, but yeah, intro is basically like a narration from Emily Browning, who plays the lead. Her character's name is Baby Doll. So I like Emily Browning. I think she's not good here. She's bad here. And also, she's basically just like a walking Mac counter. She do- like doesn't really get to be good, too, because like her costume is so distracting. Her cheeks are so distracting. She's kind of acts to make the same face. Her eyelashes covered half of her eyes, so she couldn't fully emote as an actress. But then she's she also, also English, like, and her makes... accent is wobbly at times. At times she just gives into her accent, her real accent. But look, I don't think that it's. I think it's hard to probably make much of an impression uh, for any of these women in this movie. I think that they try. I Jamie Chung literally has to say maybe three things in the movie. I remember being shocked the first time she spoke. It was a good hour into the movie. Jenna Malone and Abby Cornish are giving. Are giving. They're, they're giving. <laughs> They give performances that could be considered commendable. Yeah, I think Abby Cornish's character gets like the most backstory, even though Emily Browning is, I guess, the hero. She is, but then then, the man, but then she's not. (laughs) Then she's not. 
and then she's uh, not. And, and I thought there was going to be some twist after that. And no, then yeah, the Jamie... hero of the movie is like the old man, I guess. Scott like, Glenn. Yeah, Jamie um, Chung and Vanessa Hudgens have nothing to do here. Vanessa no. Ch- Hudgens has really like, I feel like she's like scratched and clawed to get the career that she has. And I want to say big up Steven. Okay, You're not who has MVP. seen the Princess Switch 3? No, I haven't. I want to watch them <laughs> okay. all. I want to get high and watch. She plays a bunch three of characters, characters. Right? I know. I really want to watch these Princess Switch movies. Is she they good? I heard she is. At one point, she is playing a version of herself, playing a different version of herself. So she is acting like three layers deep and she pulls it off. She has different English accents. Like each character has like a different English accent. So she's doing different accents. They're not any of them really good. But the fact that she's like she's able doing to them. stay in each of these characters and you're seeing her talk to herself in all these different layers, yeah. it's very impressive. And like, I just commend her. And any movie where she just gets shot point blank and dies, I don't know. Okay, but like, because like, this is like the PG-13-ness of this movie. Is like, even though this movie is so, so violent and like kind of despicable, she just I mean, gets shot and pushed off camera. I was like, Vanessa deserves more than this because like ultimately actors like oscar isaac get more to do than any of like the female they do oscar isaac definitely gets to have he gets to at least be in a much campier insane movie look i'm sure a lot of people remember this movie but just in case you don't remember some of the plot details it's a pussycat dolls take revenge pussycat doll take nazi germany um (laughs) yeah it's 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 baby baby doll baby doll play family browning we love baby doll (laughs) <laughs> she gets yeah. institutionalized She's got legs. because her mom dies and leaves all her money to her and her sister. But the st- evil stepfather says, not so fast. I'm going to rape you and then I'm going to kill your sister and frame you for it. Get all the money and put you in an institution so you can be lobotomized. Insanely upsetting story. This is the first seven minutes of the movie. It's presented to us uh, in music video montage form over a cover of Sweet Dreams. Thank God. And I should mention, all these covers are saying by Emily Browning. And the the lyric that they- I did not know that. It's some of them- I did Google that very soon. I said, who the fuck did this? (laughs) Who's done this? The opening scene in the whole film, like I felt like I was drunk watching it. The way each scene just kind of like came together and like what was kind of how it began, how it ended. I was like, I'm not tracking this. And what else makes you feel completely aware? Is that then the conceit of the movie becomes like, Baby Doll's the one who can like get them out if she gets these five things and one of them- you know it's going to be some sort of sacrifice, whatever. Who gives a shit? And then she writes them on the wall very explicitly too. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. When Oscar Isaac finds them, there's really no, there's no yeah. code to it. They're just like, but then find it's a like, map. but then they each get to have a dance routine. Again, this is this is pussycat dolls. We never see them dance. You never see. Uh, them thank dance. you. You've that is my number dance. one. That's what made I me. I waited feel the whole movie wrong. for the dance. I felt trash. She just gets this like kind of constipated look, and then she like starts swaying, and then. Nazi shit happens in Bustier. It is confounding. But I, okay, hold on. Yeah, she just kind of like wiggles into disassociation. Show me dancing. And then she's just like shooting a monster in the head. And Which, I was like pissed on, off that on. like you got to see everyone's reactions to her dance. They were just like yeah, slow yeah, clapping, like, tears on yeah, eyes. And I was like, like just nutty. I can't about even her imagine dancing. what kind of dance makes people act like, like react like that. <laughs> I know. You know? Like, One what where was this you dance? kill Nazis. I was like, it was okay, interpretive. It's like modern dance. I don't, I don't. I'm know. confused though, because there's a major plot thing where basically she is taken to this institution and right away they're like you're gonna be lobotomized they take her to a doctor played by john ham you see john ham for a second 
and then he doesn't come back till the very end. I yeah. Oh, I don't remember him. seeing him at the beginning. I was yeah. shocked when he turned up at the end. That's even more jarring. Yeah. It was um, so jarring. A second, and then I waited another fucking hour plus for him to come back because this is 2011. This is after the town. This is the same year as Bridesmaids. There's and no he's reason. He's really for listed pretty high up in the credit. The cast. I think he had a bigger part. There was apparently a sex scene imagine. with him that was cut out of. Who was he fucking? Emily Browning. What? But and he lobotomizes her? I, I don't know. I guess. I need to see this. But he asked, like, who was she? I'm going to lobotomize I thought you were going to say it was fucking Carla Gugino. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So he's going to lobotomize her. And the whole thing is he's about to do it. And then it cuts to Abby Cornish on stage doing a stage production of the lobotomy. And they're all dressed in skimpy skirts. And she's like, this is so, like, cliche and stupid. And then we're in like right. a fantasy world, correct? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. The whole so there's thing multiple is layers of fantasy. There's lots of fantasy levels. It's like inception levels of fantasy. I was confused. I was like, that wait, are whoa. unfollowable. Yeah, no, I, I like totally did not. Like, I still comprehend. don't get it. Am I still inside of one? It ends in such a stupid fucking way. But she, okay, I'm confused though because the whole thing is that she has to do these dances. I'm confused though. And she does the dance. Yeah. But then the dance leads her into basically a video game. The first video game is dance. like fucking giant Genghis Khan monsters. She <laughs> dodges and it's a lot of kill bullets. Billy. Who? Oh, the, the, one of them is kind of kill Billy with the sword. Oh, I thought you said they're going to kill Billy. And I was like, who's Billy? <laughs> no, no, no. It's like sort of like Kill Bill-esque. No, it's I, like get, I get it. Like That's where Scott Glenn first appears as like a wise man who's like, you got to kill the giant things she kills them and then she comes back and everybody's really moved by her dancing that we haven't seen. yeah that we never <laughs> and then the army of me by bjork thankfully not a cover actually God, a, actually yeah. a bjork i would song. love to hear emily brownie's interpretation of the music of bjork yeah. actually wait no she did release that album of bjork covers i forgot Oh, what? There's a lot of very cursed covers of Where Is My Mind. This might be the worst one. This I is a fucked is. cover of Where Is My Mind. There's a White Rabbit cover at a certain point that's even worse. They just get worse and worse. And you're just sort of like lulled by like overstimulation that's also flat. I really did go into this movie thinking like, you know Me what? Too. I kind of like Zack Snyder. I kind of like fuck with him. I think he's kind of got a good vision. I don't mm -hmm. always gel with it, but I respect him. And maybe this will be like a gamer or something like that. It, it definitely isn't. I've seen some good reviews of it on Letterboxd of people that I follow that, that went to bat for it. So I kept wanting to like, I was like, maybe something will change. But as soon as she goes into her video game, fantasies you know like, i don't think this is gonna get any it is crazy how you just don't feel anything watching it even like yeah i don't know things are normally so die. sensitive to in films like when her sister dies it's like i have a lot of younger siblings like i normally freak out when that happens or any of the assaults or anything like that it's like normally it's like so yeah. kind of like i feel Cringe. the emotions of it and i'm super like disturbed but i was just yeah. like this is gross i hate this yeah and i was just like, kind of like no, felt this flat kind of like rejection just like no i don't like yes yeah. it doesn't make it also i don't understand what the fantasy why does she go to a video game when she dances 
I don't know. Also, Why is she when, doing this? Yeah, was also, she like gaming she when and, her sister died? It's like, what? Why does that then determine, why can they infiltrate shit then? And then also, how does anyone get out? I don't understand. I don't understand like the actual plot of the movie. And like, I don't, and I don't think Oscar Isaac does either, but I think he's like, who cares? I'm going to go for it. I'm not that famous yet. So I respect that. I really don't get the ending either because the ending is filmed. Like she gets lobotomized. John Hamm gives like a great one line. He's actually good. I no, will say John Hamm he's is as good, good as he can. He's so grounded that it's kind of jarring. Yeah, you're it's just so like, oh, weird. It feels yeah. like he's in an entirely different movie. Yeah, it it's like if a real like, doctor suddenly was like inserted into this film. Yeah, I mean he was still doing lobotomies. I loved his like, de- his delivery though of like you see the way she looked at me. Yeah, but then it doesn't show Emily Browning's face for like minutes. So I kind of thought that maybe there was like a switcheroo. Yeah, I know. I thought there was a setup for that. Because like, why else do you block the lead actress's face for like the remaining five minutes of her movie then to just see her lobotomize it? It's because Emily Browning had to leave early to record some music. And so they just like (laughs) had her body double there. Yeah, it's like you just see this body with like Sailor Moon braids (laughs) from the back. It is so fucking stupid. Yeah, no, every choice was baffling. And it was like, yeah, it did have that blank check feeling. You know, it makes sense that he had just made 300 and they're just kind of like, just go off, you know, like no one's kind of pushing back. (laughs) You know, it had that feeling that like, you know, the actors are obviously like surrounded by green screens. They're just doing the blocking, but there's no emotion behind anything. It's not connected to anything. So like. So Zack Snyder said, and I can maybe understand where he's coming from. He does not succeed on this on, on any level. But he said that the movie is a critique of geek culture's sexism and objectification of women. Now, but it it has its they're in for sure. No, that's what I mean. Entire time. Yeah, their makeup is all like I was like these girls are all done up like every girl I thought was like cute on MySpace in like two thousand five yeah. or something like that. It's like Suicide like, Girls. Yeah, like what is this? Like Kawaii Suicide Girls. I, I, I don't believe that. I, I I mean, like, I believe that maybe that's where his head was at. I don't know. Maybe he's like not the guy to do it. I don't know. It's just like if you're if you're trying to make that commentary, there has to be a character that's voicing that. Opinion Thank you. Because, sure. Like, that we, too. we had nothing to like anchor us in any sort of critique. There's all no we legs. Saw, there's, no yeah, legs. there's no legs. But all we saw was like a, something baby that doll. is geek, creepy geek culture. Yeah. He said, I'm always shocked that it was so badly misunderstood. I always said that it was a commentary on sexism and geek culture. Someone would ask me, why did you film the girls this way? And I'd say, well, you did. Sucker punch is a fuck you to a lot of people who will watch it. I feel like I, that's no backtracking, yeah, you know? It's like it's one thing if they're dressed like that, if you're again, yeah, like if you have somebody I don't know, that's also just like a hard thing to do. I don't I think it's mean. a hard thing to do. And I think that like, you know, Spring Breakers comes out with one of the cast later on, like the next year, the next couple of years. And I do think there's something sure. like more saleable about that because that movie becomes mesmerizing because like they become the agents of the film. And then Mm -hmm. once they wear the masks, they become interchangeable, which I think is like part of the play of that movie And this movie types each of them. And then it is a movie that really does feel like at the end of the day that it's worth losing all these other women to save the one that I think that the movie portrays is like good enough. Like you're the hottest Congratulations. Yeah, it's kind of like you you're, the, you're the most final, final girl. Good job. <laughs> That's a good point because the one that survived Sucker Punch it was like this one. Why this one? Yeah. And I'm just like, totally. she's the one who didn't even want to do this. Like, 
if anything, like give it all up for Jenna Malone. That was interesting. And then like obviously having the wise man character appear oh, the bus the driver end. actually be the hero. Yeah, but it's like that was only from Baby Doll's fantasy. But then we know that we're in a sub fantasy already when it things got more colorful and performative after the original reality. The reality is really great. And then there's the fantasy and then the fantasy within the fantasy is, is basically like steampunk Nazi zombies and then like orcs from Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this like a copyright infringement? Yeah. The like, visual like really similar. Vis- yeah. The production design was like, cause it was so Snyder everything, you know, he does. I'll say that like, he's got mm-hmm. a style, you know? And even though there were so many different visual elements, like you could still see like, Oh, this is Snyder. But it began like comic booky, I thought, like with that kind of house mm-hmm. on the hill and stuff. It felt more, yeah, mm-hmm. like it looked. I was like, okay, like if we stay with this look, but then it lost its way, and it yeah. And there's like an interesting parallel to make if you're if, if I mean, like there's an interesting thing about like a movie about these women in this asylum who are being assaulted, who are being abused, and the only way that they can escape that is through this like actual escapism. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure someone can make a good movie out of that. This isn't it. I don't think this is it. Yeah. No, Scott Glenn needs to play Robert Durst before he dies. I, someone needs to make this happen mm. somehow. Mm. I don't mm. know. Ryan Gosling is the definitive actor. <laughs> yeah. Durst. I will not can't. hear anything. Listen, else. Well, we need the old Robert Durst, and Scott <laughs> Glenn is him. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> also I will say he has the best line in the movie, which is don't ever write a check with your mouth that you can't cash yeah, with your ass. With your ass. But it was, yeah, one of those lines in the movie where I was just laying there and I was like, I don't, I don't know what it means. I literally was like, because he otherwise says like kind of cliche, like, like words yourself. of wisdom and shit. And then I was like, did someone say that at some point? I know he might as well just be like, you know, they're just mean to you because they're jealous. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they may be mean to you, but look at that ass. You look, ladies look great. <laughs> I'm thinking about the different like roles that men and women play in this film, and I'm trying to kind of understand what he's trying to go for. What's her Carla? He's like he's like name? the fairy godmother, you know. Carla Gugino, yeah. Gugino, he's... yeah. So she has her like redemption where she's like, he's been forging my Oscar Isaac's been forging my signature. I'm gonna change things. It was like what? Oh, yeah, man, isn't I this your really fucking think. signature? He's yeah, that was funny. <laughs> like I haven't been signing off on lobotomies this whole time. So it's like her and Oscar Isaac have this like weird power dynamic where. It seems like she's the bad guy, but he's like the mega bad guy. But then the savior character is also a man. But then it's supposed to be a movie that is about female empowerment. But you, <laughs> but you just can't need a get sweet there old man. Yeah, yeah it's like only with the permission of this like yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's, I don't know what I give you permission to that choice was. Yeah, I think that's a weird choice too. How do you okay? Like, what do you what do you think would have been a way to set up this movie to prove? Zack Snyder's thesis like how could I have this no have idea. been made a critique of video game culture how could it have held up a mirror to those I think, geeks well, in 2011 yeah. and made them I, really think about what they've done I think that you should have had to have like then seen how the people who are operating these hot girl characters are just like cummy little boys gamer that did that yeah gamer did that. gamer yeah. actually did do that in the dance performance I think it should have showed more control from the audience members and the guests like if they yeah. were saying like i want this kind of dance it would be some sort of like commentary we to see the on dance. like that's just a flaw controlling women like right. puppets you know yeah but it is just a flaw of the movie that like it just like shows everyone be so transfixed about this thing that like we're never gonna see yeah there's like, like a mayor who has like a giant cigar who somebody at one point says i've never seen him without a giant without stogie a in his mouth yeah no, they say Stogie. And then he comes in and there's like a, actually worse than all the covers. There is a hip hop mashup remix of Queen. Oh yeah, that is bad. 
Quentin Tarantino said that this was one of the worst movies he had ever seen when it came out. I, and that's I from someone who today, always has a blank is... check to do whatever he wants. And yeah. even he. He probably actually could have. Death Proof I think he could is have essentially it what this. He made Death Proof. I was going to say it made me really appreciate Tarantino. This movie is 22%. Well earned. It bums me out that like teenage boys saw it then because they obviously didn't get the like great. A lesson that Snyder was trying to teach. <laughs> All you can take away from it is how the girls look. It's like there's mm-hmm. not really anything else to remember. One gave these sluts guns. Yeah, this movie got a lot of Fs. Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune gave it an F. He said Snyder must have known in pre-production that this greasy collection of near-rape fantasies and violent revenge scenarios disguised as a female empowerment fairy tale wasn't going to satisfy anyone but himself. Yeah, um, that kind of sums it up, isn't it? It's like he imagined these scenes. He yeah. wanted to see them like carry to fruition. He wanted them dressed the way he imagined, and he did it. I've been and we saw it. these images for years in my head. Yeah, that, honestly, Max, that's probably like the best way. That that's what it feels like. <laughs> I just want yeah. to say thank you to Warner Brothers for bringing my wet dreams to life. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I have done this without you. More <laughs> directors should be able to put their wet dreams on screen for other. They're men. not as strong as him, obviously. To come to the movie's all vibes. You know, it's like a music video, but it's like the vibes. Like the vibes, are, are, the vibes are bad. The, the vibes, vibes are, are Zack Snyder's like creepy little fantasies. And that's why it reminded me of the Michael Bay. Uh, vibes are, I'm, I'm horny. Ride. Because <laughs> yeah. that was all vibes too, but like Big Michael Bay vibes. vibes. Yeah, Lulu Menick of the New York Post had a soul-deadening mashup of Kill Bill, Showgirls, and dozens of other better flicks that not the uh, that not the least bit exciting or sexy. Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch is what happens when a studio gives carte blanche to a filmmaker who has absolutely nothing original or even coherent to say. Pallingly bad stuff. <laughs> Said Kimberly <laughs> Jones of the Austin Chronicle, a creatively bankrupt succession of fetishy bromides, steampunk Asimov, medieval times, and personal fave, a woman in a sailor suit sucking on a lollipop and calling it feminism because she carries a gun too. Yeah. Entertainment Weekly said the music screeches, the actors vamp, the knives and weapons and bombs and fireballs fly around the screen. Meanwhile, the well-prepared moviegoer slips into her or his own private fantasy of a world in which movie effects are themselves locked away in an institution for the criminally insane until such time as those effects are really truly necessary for the story. Finally, Stephen Ray, the Philadelphia Inquirer said, hands down the most nightmarishly awful film of the year. It's bad. (laughs) Wait, do you have any data on where the soundtrack was charting in iTunes at the time? It couldn't <laughs> chart it on iTunes at the time. How many <laughs> like people were work. buying each song for 99 cents? I got to get that Queen cover. Apparently it did well when it was released on DVD for a couple of weeks, which... That checks know. out. Can I get it for an extra day? Um, anyway, we didn't talk really about him as much, but my MVP is Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was Oscar Isaac. He's the only person that like made me feel like I was watching a movie. He was the first person <laughs> who talked in the film. Like no one said anything. He literally has a minutes. He has a Gomez mustache. He's a lot of eyeliner. He has a lot of yeah, a lot of eyeliner. And I yeah, he was like I looked up like I think he's like the same age I am now at the time of the movie, and I was like, wow, like yeah, yeah, it's the same year as Drive. The scene where he kills all of them just shooting (laughs) point blank, like is as close as the movie can come to like him just dialing up the camp. Okay, calm down. This will all be over soon, and we can get back to business as usual. Blondie, I want to thank you for everything that you've done. I'm so sorry. The thing is, we hate snitches, so... 
Okay. Here. I hate guns. I've been thinking a lot about all that money you're gonna make me. And you'd think that would give me pleasure. I mean, I'm in the business of pleasure. But you know what makes me feel like? I'm gonna be honest with you, it makes me feel like I'm this little boy sitting in the corner of the sandbox while everybody gets to play with my toys. But me, so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take my toys. Who's your MVP, Ella? I'm was it Baby Doll or Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about like Emily Browning doing the soundtrack. Um, was it Scott ooh. Glenn? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to my girl Vanessa. I knew it. Um, Vanessa Hutchins. She just like you know I yeah. just I'm always rooting for her. Me too. I was like when I was watching the Oscars this year, I was like worried because she was doing red carpet interviews. I was wondering. Austin yeah, Butler I was like, is she was gonna there. interview him? But yeah, she didn't. they didn't. They like they. I saw the coordination. I loved that they like stood up for her. But did you ever wait on them at Kismet? Yeah, sure did. Sure did. They were very nice. Was she cool? Yeah. They yeah. No, really they were nice. both very nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Okay. I did a few yoga classes with her and. You know, it's weird, like, seeing yourself sweaty in the mirror with Vanessa Hudgens next to you. And yeah. she had, like, her little, like, body chain on while she was doing yoga. And she looked perfect. She wasn't sweating at all. And it was hot yoga, you know? So it's, like, me and Johnny are, like, sweating. And she's what just next to us looking blondie. like an angel. Yeah, I just hated to see her disrespected. So she's my MVP. <laughs> because I think she did the best that she could. But I know what she's capable of. And it's Princess Switch 3. Check it out on Netflix, everybody. I'm just going to say that this is a, a, an absolute train wreck for my final rating. This is bad and boring. This is my, the worst. Oh, offender. wow. Okay. I think it's this is the worst, worst offender, but it's also a train wreck. This is you the worst movie we've worst ever done. Movie on this ever done? I, I feel like, like it might be the worst movie. Yeah, we've it's ever one of those train wrecks podcast. where like the, so the contents of the train cause more damage. Like it's a bunch of like chemicals or something that like spill out and like leave like environmental toxins. And then yeah, generations really later are affected by it. Yeah, it's it's up there. Okay, it's up there. But it's interesting seeing these movies together because you see how one does it right. It's like similar premises yeah. you know i mean obviously like different levels of like drama but had you considered giving legs uh ak-47 um. you just see the way that like different <laughs> oppressed women get agency and one of them was in this i mean the gun when they when the gun came out at the end of foxfire like that's when it got silly and i was like what are we doing yeah. here if dash mihawk isn't your oppressor i don't care yeah i don't care i don't fucking care Next week we'll be talking about a movie that's that's actually good. I I can say is good with with complete sincerity. Uh, we'll be talking about Spike Lee's Girl Six, a, another 1996 movie that has kind of been forgotten, but is very good. And if you can find it anywhere, I would highly recommend watching it. If you would like to watch it before we discuss it, and Ella, thank you. After you guys made me watch Meet Joe Black, thought I was over it. Then was I that came the back. Last time? Was no, that one? was the first time. And then I came back and we watched very fun movies. Josie and the Pussycats and Charlie's Angels Full oh, Throttle. that's right. I was going to say, I was like, no, there was something in between that. Those yeah. were so much fun. And we did the Lake House too, like delights. And then we did Sucker Punch and now I'm never coming back. So No, Just you kidding. can come back, back for Twilight. I'll be back for the Twilight yeah, you'll special. you'll be back for Twilight. We're going to drop you guys into Twilight Eclipse or Twilight Full Moon with little context. But you will see Peter Facinelli's uh, wigs, which are... Wow. Ella, where can people find you online if you would like them to? Yeah, I mean, if you want to see my art, I mean, Instagram's just my name, Ella Talkin. So it's like talking without the G. Ella be talking. That's me. Well, yeah, please come back for a movie that is not this. Yes. Yes, for something good. All right. And if you're listening to this, you are listening on Patreon. We can't thank you enough. 
for your loyal, loyal patronage. And a very special thank you to our top subscribers, Royce Burke, Victoria Kruger, Andrea Ferris, ASR, Ben Beakey, Devin Hansen, Jeannie Anarell, Britton Chance, Constant Carino, Graham Redmond, Jeff Raposh, Neil Fuller, Matthew Hayes, Brody Anderson, Eric Hockman, J.D. Koski, Carrie Owens, Madeline Dugan, Mary Caitlin Koski, Nick Laskin, and Ryan Oliver. Thank you so much. We cannot do this without you. You guys are so wonderful, so beautiful. And we will see you next week for Girl 6. Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my Bye.